good morning, y'all. Thank you for being here today. Like Nanette said, we are thankful that you would gather with us and worship this incredible Jesus. Um, one thing that I want to tell you about is, is these gatherings are really good, but we also have small groups that gather in homes that we call home groups. And if you are not a part of a home group and you would like to try that, you would like to try to be a part of one, this week is a great week uh, because it's, it, it, we're not having any kind of a Bible study this week. We're just eating together and getting to know one another. So it's a good week to try a home group if you're not a part of one already. I'd encourage you to do that. I want to start with a question today, and we're going to be in the book of 1 John if you want to go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. But I want to start with a question, and the question is, have you, have you ever heard anybody say the phrase, follow your heart? You, you heard that, or listen to your heart? Have you heard people say that? I googled it and there's like 1,500 songs about listening to your heart and following your heart. I'm not going to sing any of them for you. But there's a bunch of, I mean, there's this ideology about listening to your heart, follow your heart, do what your heart tells you to do. You know not to do that, right? That's, that's not the best thing to do. Um, our hearts can mess us up. Our hearts tell us stuff like we need a new puppy. And our brain says, bro, don't do that. Our, our heart tells us to go ahead and spend the extra $98 so we can get free shipping at the $100 mark. Take a little bit to add that up, but... Our hearts tell us that it's a great idea to post our political views on Facebook. And then five comments later, our heart's proven wrong again. Our hearts tell us that we should make a huge, awesome purchase to take our minds off our financial troubles. You'll get that later too, maybe. And then when we send this foot-long text message to somebody and they respond with K, our hearts tell us to do bad things. The dreaded K. Don't tell nobody. If they worked on a text message that long, don't say K. Beth's heart told her that she was marrying the perfect man. And sometimes your heart's right. <laughs> Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Now, if somebody described a person as being deceitful more than anything else, we wouldn't trust that person. And the Bible's telling us every person in this room, our heart is just like that. And when we follow our natural tendencies found in our heart, it will break us. This morning we're going to be in 1 John chapter 3. 
This is a continuation of the series called A Life Like No No Other. The point of this series is to free us to have this abundant life that Jesus talks about. We're, We're not called to be miserable Christians, but Jesus talks about this incredible abundant life found in following Him. And that's what this series has been about. And the title of this morning's message is Truth for Healing. And I hope to encourage you, if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, I want to encourage you to not listen to your heart. It makes for great songs and great hashtags, but it's not a good theology. 1 John chapter 3, starting in verse 19. We're going to read verses 19 through 24, but first we're just going to read verses 19 and 20. Listen to this. This is how we know, we will know, that we belong to the truth and will reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. So what John is talking about in the book of 1 John is there there can be a time in the life of a believer... When your heart is constantly condemning you, and y'all, I have walked through this. I've talked to you some before about how I've dealt with a lot of doubt in my life, Uh, doubting my relationship with Jesus, even doubting that God existed, and and I've I've experienced this doubt, and and this is kind of the thing that I walked through, where my heart was condemning me. And and let me kind of tell you, uh, it's, it's kind of a circular belief system. So, so what happened to me, and possibly what can happen to you, is, is you're a follower of Jesus, you believe in the Lord Jesus, you've given your life to Him, but you make this really, really bad decision. I did. You do something really, really stupid. Hurtful decision. Sinful thing, something you know God didn't want you to do. And then after you do that, you begin to say, well, I can't go do the things that God has told me to do, do the clear commands of Scripture. I can't go do those things because then I would be a hypocrite because of that bad decision that I made. Maybe you don't do this. I've done this to myself before. Make a bad decision. Now I can't live for Jesus anymore. I can't be found in church anymore. I can't share the gospel anymore. I can't do the things Jesus has clearly called me to do in Scripture anymore because now I look like a hypocrite because of that bad decision I made five five years ago or five minutes ago. Now I'm a hypocrite. I want to put a parenthesis right here, and and I want to redefine hypocrite for us, because that's a word that's used a lot. Because we've made a decision that was wrong does not mean that if I live for Jesus now, I'm a hypocrite. That's not what that means. Hypocrisy is actively condemning another person for something that I'm actively participating in myself. That's hypocrisy. 
Everything is not hypocrisy. Some of it's called growth. Some of it's called maturity in the Christian life. It's everything is not hypocrisy. That word's kind of used a little bit too much to describe some wrong things. Children and parents. Children, listen to me. When your parents discipline you for things that they actively did as a child or a teenager, that is not hypocrisy. That is grace. They have every right to discipline you and, and, and bring you out of things that cause them brokenness in their own lives. That's not hypocrisy. That would be hateful to say, yes, I did that and it brought, it brought brokenness into my life. Go ahead and see what it does for you. That's hateful. Hypocrisy is not a word that should be thrown around as much as it is. Sometimes the right word for what we're describing as hypocrisy is maturity in our walk with God. Yes, I did those bad things, but I want to grow out of those things. So, okay, we've made a bad decision. Maybe it's public, maybe the whole world knows. One of those type deals. Now I can't live for Jesus and follow his commands because then I would be a hypocrite. But, but following the commands of Jesus is where my joy is found. So then I lose my joy because I'm not actively participating in his kingdom. And I've lost my joy now. And then because I don't have joy in my walk with God, I look for joy in other places. And when I look for joy in other places, I don't know about you, but when I look for joy in other places, I do stupid stuff again. So I do something else stupid then I can't obey anymore because then I'm a hypocrite. And this circle just keeps happening. This circle of condemnation where our hearts are condemning us. Constantly walking us away from Jesus. And if we stay in that circle for too long, our hearts become numb to even who God is. To even what God wants for our lives, our, our hearts become numb because we've just, we've just followed this circle of condemnation where our hearts are condemning us for things we did 20 years ago. And it hurts. And it breaks us. There's something that, that we need to know about in this uh, we, we think of reality and the things that we see, but, but you need to know something. There is um, sometimes even a more real realm of reality that we cannot see. And we have this enemy that the Bible describes as a liar and then an accuser. And then a destroyer. So, so what happens is, is this enemy lies to us and convinces us that we should do something that we're going to find pleasure in. And then we do it and immediately he says, ha, ha, ha. And he begins to accuse us. Have you ever done something and then immediately felt guilt? Guilt? It's because you believed a lie and did it, and then the same person that lied to you became an accuser. And if he can keep you in that circle of condemnation, 
He'll become your destroyer. That's the truth of the Word of God. It's the truth of what I've experienced in my own life. Jesus, these verses say that Jesus is greater than our hearts. Jesus is greater than the condemnation and the accusations that are being brought on our hearts. Let's read verses 21 through 24 together. Dear friends, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive whatever we ask from Him because we keep His commands and do what is pleasing in His sight. Now this is His command, that we believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps His commands remains in Him and He in Him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. Point number two today is that Jesus is not a manipulator. The cross frees all believers to be full participators in his kingdom. There are some people in our world that use manipulation as a power struggle. They tell us things to do and then they act like we're not good enough for the things that, we, that they've told us to do or maybe we didn't do what they asked us to do the right way and it's all a manipulation deal to gain power in our lives. Jesus doesn't deal in that. The enemy operates in deceit and condemnation. Jesus operates in truth and grace. He's the opposite of the enemy of God. And when you trust Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, when you repent of your sins and place your faith in Him, you no longer have anything to earn from Him, but He has earned it for you. And no matter what you've done, no matter what you've got in your past, no matter the baggage you're carrying, He says, lay that down, now serve me. You are a full participator in my kingdom. And I I love how these verses are directly connected to the verses before it. John's saying, don't let your hearts condemn you. Because there is a circular condemnation there where you, you can't step out of it. You're just caught up in this circular condemnation. But there's another circle that happens when we don't let our hearts condemn us. And it's 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 connected to this. The first thing he talks about is prayer. And when we're living under condemnation for things we've done in our past, it affects our our ability to pray. Sometimes uh, we just don't pray because we're scared of of that communion with God. We just don't pray. We don't want to hear what He says. We don't really want to say anything to Him, so we just don't pray. Or maybe it turns our prayers into a genie in a bottle type deal where we don't ever commune with God and listen to God and hear from God and speak to God, but we just call on God when things are bad. He's kind of our genie in the bottle. Hey, I need you now, God. I don't really like you through the week, but I need you right now, so step into this situation for me. But when we don't let our hearts condemn us, 
we're able to, to pray these ground-shaking prayers about His kingdom coming down here. We, we see that, that what we're experiencing here in our community or what we're experiencing in the Delta or in our world does not line up with the kingdom of God. So we, we pray these earth-shaking prayers. God, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray like that, it affects our obedience. Because we don't want to just say words of prayer. We might, God might use us as the answer to our own prayer. You want to see your kingdom, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hey, step in this kingdom effort with me and obey me. And the Bible is no longer a rule book when that happens. It's not a book of rules, but it's how we can see the life of Christ lived out in our own lives. And he, 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 he begins to teach us that other people that, that are around us, that are in the church, that are brothers and sisters in Christ, are, are made in His image. And because they're made in His image, we're able to love them. Not for what they can do for us, not, not for how they can help us, but because they're made in the image of our King. And when we're able to pray these groundbreaking prayers and and live this life that He's called us to live and love people who it's impossible for us to love, we begin to see that we can't do all this. It's Jesus living His life out through us. And it gives us confidence before God to pray these groundbreaking prayers. And then maybe he calls us to be the answer to our own prayers. And it's a circular life too. We're either caught up in a circle of condemnation. Where the enemy is spewing out his venom through what our hearts are convincing us of. Or whether we're living, or we're living in a circle of abundant life. Where we're praying groundbreaking prayers and living this incredible life where Jesus' life is actually stepping into our own. Jesus is not a manipulator. If you have repented of your sins and put your faith in the cross of Jesus... He has made you a full participator in the work of His kingdom. If anyone, including your own heart, tells you otherwise, do not believe it. It's a lie. Our application today is for everybody. When our hearts condemn us, Use B-O-L and find healing. I'm going to explain that. But I, I want you to hear me before I do. There are people that the Bible clearly teaches that think they are going to heaven when they die and they are not. Don't want to scare you there. I want to be honest with you there. And I would never want to convince somebody that their future is safe when it's not. 
On the other side of that, it's very crippling to the life of a believer to be constantly living in doubt all the time. So I would never want to be, bring doubt to a believer that is a believer. So do you see how this is kind of sticky, sticky ground that we're work, walking in? I don't want to convince anybody of something that's not true. I also don't want to bring doubt to somebody that truly is a follower of Jesus. But I think John gives us a really good test here. And it's not, did you pray a prayer one time at vacation Bible school? But he gives us three things to examine our own life with that are, that are really tangible things. The B of B-O-L stands for belief. Do you believe rightly about the person of Jesus. This passage names three names. He says, believe in his son, Jesus Christ. That's very rare in the scripture that all three of those are mentioned together. Son speaks of the deity of God. Of Jesus. The, the son speaks of the deity of Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Jesus speaks to, it's his human name. And in Hebrew, the, the word Jesus translates to the word Joshua, which means Yahweh brings salvation. Do you believe that Jesus was a 100% sinless man sent by God for salvation of all people? And then there's the last word, Christ. That's not Jesus' last name. But it means anointed one of God. So the first test is going by those three names found in this scripture, is do you believe that Jesus is God incarnate, sent by him for the, salvation, for the salvation of all people, and that he is enough, and not that he is a way, a truth, or a life, but that he is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to God. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. And there's no other way. Do you believe rightly about Jesus? The O stands for obedience. And when I, when I talk about obedience, this is a test found in 1 first, first John here. When I talk about obedience, I'm not talking about being a nice fella. There's a lot of Buddhists, a lot of Muslims that are nice people. But they don't know Jesus. I'm not talking about being a nice fella. I'm talking about, does your life say, I belong to Jesus? Whatever he tells me to do, the answer is already yes before I hear the command. There are some people in this room that I'm watching walk through incredible pressure because of their obedience to Jesus. And I want to snatch them out of it. I, I want to say, just, just stop. I, I want to just snatch them out of it. But later on in life, th those same people are going to be able to look to a time where they obeyed under extreme pressure and it's going to give them confidence at the throne of Jesus. Jesus.
Do you obey? Not to earn salvation. But have you surrendered your life to where your answer is already yes before you ever hear the words out of his mouth? The L stands for love. These are the three tests found in these verses. Do you believe rightly about Jesus? That's a huge deal. If you believe Jesus is a way to God, I can't grant you confidence in your salvation. Do you obey? I'm not, I'm not saying you're always perfect. I'm not saying you never mess up. But, but for, for when you look at your life, do you see obedience? And then love. Can you supernaturally love other believers? This is the test found in 1 John. I, I, want you to natu- I want you to truly look at that test and say, say do, do I line up? Are my answers yes? I belong to Jesus. Because you, you, if, if you're doubting your salvation and you follow Jesus, you need to step out of that heart condemnation and fully serve him because our world needs you to fully serve him in confidence. But if you look at that test and you say, man, I, I, don't, I don't see those things in my life. I, I want to ask you to, to, to jump in with both feet and put your trust in Jesus so that you can be a part of his kingdom. He deals in truth and grace. He's already paid the price for you. Give your life to him. Follow him. Either way, these are truths for healing. If your heart has condemned you, don't listen to your heart. Listen to Jesus. But maybe your heart's telling you you're good because of a prayer you prayed 30 years ago and you need to find healing in placing your faith in Jesus for the first time. We're about to step into a time of communion. In just a second, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to go to one of these stations uh, grab you some bread and some juice and don't, don't take it. Come back to your seat. Come back to your seat. I want to lead this time together. But, but before you do, I, I want to give you a time where, where you can respond. If, if you've never trusted Jesus before and today you want to stand up and give your life to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. This is going to take a lot of boldness for you to do. To stand up in front of everybody, but I don't, I don't really do the whole heads bowed, eyes closed deal. When, when we put our faith in Jesus, it's a, it's a very public thing. It's a personal thing, but it's a public thing. Jesus died publicly for us. We need to live publicly for him. If you want to give your life to Jesus today, if you, if you look at that test and you, you see that you're not confident by, by, by what you see in that test and in your life and you want to give your life to Jesus today, I want to ask you to stand up now in front of everybody.
Let me pray for us and we'll go get the elements. Father, we love you. I am so thankful that we don't have to put our faith in a prayer of magic words. But, but when we truly trust you, we can, we can look at your word and see evidence that we belong to you. Father, I pray for this time of communion together. I pray that you would bring us closer together as a family called The Bridge. I also pray even more than that, that you would bring us closer to you because of the price you, pr- you paid on our behalf. Father, we need you. We need your broken body and your spilled blood. But it is enough. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will, stand and go get the elements and just bring them back to your seat. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 says this, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed... The Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Listen. Jesus was broken so that we don't have to constantly live in our brokenness. This is a huge deal. Do this in remembrance of him. Verse 25, in the same way also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He talks about new covenant right there. Old covenant meant that when I messed up, when I made a mistake, I had to go sacrifice on an altar to God to cover that mistake. But Jesus is saying here, when you put your faith in my blood and what I did on the cross, there is a new rule, and that is you trust in that blood. And he covers you. My faith is no longer in me trying to do something to take away my sin, but it's in Jesus that he's covered me. Remember him when you drink this juice. Verse 26 is a critical verse too. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Listen to me, y'all. We we think about our walk with God as being about us. But it's critical that you find healing in the broken body and the blood of Jesus because there are other people on the other side of your obedience. There is a broken world who have not yet heard clearly that Jesus went to the cross on their behalf and He can heal them. Don't listen to your heart if it condemns you as a believer. We need you. If you are not yet a believer, give your life to Him. Because we need your investment in His kingdom. Let's pray. And we're going to sing a few more songs.
Father, thank you for these people. I pray that they would live in your freedom and in your peace and in your grace. I'm so glad that we serve a God who works in truth, that we don't have to worry about him lying to us or deceiving us, and and that you work in grace because we cannot help but mess it up. And we need your grace and mercy. Thank you for your broken body and your spilt blood. I pray that you're pleased with the rest of our worship this morning. And I pray pray that you're pleased with our worship tomorrow through Saturday as we live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.